0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Broken Shovel Podcast, Homesteading for a Sustainable Future. Uh, Joined as, uh, well, I am out of practice, we took three weeks off. Uh, My name is Lucas and I am joined as always by my friend and co-host, Eric. Hey Eric. Hello. How are you today? It's snowing. It's snowing,
1: and and it, it it's it's a good snow, but it's also a bad snow.
0: Yeah, this is this recording right now is my final procrastination before I actually gear up and head out there. Um, and we'll talk oh, I, a little bit about snow clearing at the end of the episode. But
1: yeah, um, well, I mean, after what <laughs> Serena told us in her on TikTok, I'm kind of just like screw doing anything with it. Yeah. It's gonna be gone by Thursday. <laughs> I know, I know.
0: Um, Yeah, I'm going to try to minimize my amount but again, we're going to talk about that earlier and Eric is mentioning uh, Serena Arnold who was on a previous episode Uh, she is a meteorologist out in New Hampshire Uh, you can follow her pretty much everywhere on the social medias at at Serena Arnold I'll put that in the show notes at the bottom Um, and uh, yeah, I highly recommend following her wherever you are Uh, for some hyper local information about weather Mm -hmm. here in new england um so it's a new year and we we, we, we're Mm going to talk for a minute here 2024 um we are recording this on january the 7th uh so any information we have uh is up to date to that moment uh and throughout this year we got kind of called out uh last year uh about waste and not talking about certain things involving waste uh, and Eric and I kind of chewed on that a little bit and tried to figure out a way to integrate that into the show. And we are going to pepper throughout the year uh, a converse, the, the conversation of waste and reducing waste and what what is actually happening with waste in the world. And we're talk, we're going to talk about uh, body disposal our, in, in our own gardens, uh, fuel reduction, uh, mm-hmm. recycling, what it really means, repurposing, yep. what it really means. Uh, and we're going to pepper that in. Burning versus landfilling. We've got a lot of topics we're going to talk about, and we'll talk about how they relate to us directly. Uh, we were going to kind of do a challenge of ourselves to reduce waste, but it's such we have such a disproportionate situation uh, in in our homes that uh, it's it's too difficult to explain uh, every episode that I generally. Uh, in, in our house, Meg and I are cooking for a lot of people that don't live in our home and Eric has children. So we didn't think it was really a fair apples-to-apples apples, uh, comparison.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean, one thing is like with you generating with, with the cooking for the other families is you probably, you generate more food waste than I do. Whereas, <laughs> because I have teenagers, I have more recycling in general and paper trash than I do anything else and such.
0: I know uh, my food scraps, my composting is between six and eight quarts every day and a half or so. Mm-hmm. So if that gives you any sort of volume uh, picturing, that's that a is, lot of you know, a onion lot ends of and stuff.
1: <laughs> I don't measure mine. Cause I basically like, I'll do peel carrots and get like stuff ready to make something. And then it goes straight out to the chicken's.
0: Right. Yeah. Like it doesn't spend cool.
1: any time in the house.
0: Yeah. No, we have a bin on the on the counter uh, for our compost for now until we get animals. Um, but so, yeah, we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about uh, today specifically uh, waste in uh, China and India. And are you doing some comparisons to us here in the United States? Because I a know little we talked about more, that. A few weeks I, I, I,
1: I got a lot of <clears> domestic <throat> numbers and. I mean we should really start out with like I we wanted to report on kind of compare and contrast like the amount of waste that we generate versus what is generate uh, generated by other developed nations uh, but the issue with India and China is they don't track it. Right. So it's like, there's an, like India, there is an estimated of 62 million tons generated annually of waste, but that is upwards of a billion or 3 billion people. Um, Whereas like, so in the U compared to the U S we generate in tract a 200 or 292 million tons of waste. And granted, this is back in uh the the report i looked at is from 2017 um and us actually has not reported since 2017 what our numbers are hmm. uh and by waste we are talking about all
0: waste recycling all waste. trash
1: yep this is, uh yeah they call it uh, municipal solid waste or msw in the epa.gov reporting and other reporting agencies and around the world they use this term the msw a lot
0: okay all right msw uh but yeah going so- back
1: to like india compared to the u.s so they have what three billion three billion people over there but they're only generating 62 million tons of waste annually whereas us who has one tenth that population is generating almost what? That's the blah, 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 almost five times as much
0: waste. You know that that adds an interesting question, and I know, uh, as you said, that MSW is not tracked uh, there. But <laughs> is this a is this a conversation more? Is this about imports and exports? Uh, you know that they are exporting more product and we are
1: importing more product.
0: Uh, I don't know. Do. I
1: think it is honestly, they're just not, they're just not tracking it. Cause I mean, if you look at the amount of waste that physically exists in that country, the numbers don't add up. They have, okay. because the thing is a lot of the stuff doesn't go to the landfill. They just throw it out the window. Like you'll notice out there, like the rivers are clogged with trash. The roadsides are mounded with bottles, bags, and it's, it's a lot of plastic trash, is a lot of it. Um, and mm-hmm. It's just built up on the roadsides and other places. So it's just, it's not getting tracked because it's not actually making it to the landfill to be tracked.
0: Okay. So that's, yeah, that's really hard to squish it into a number box, then, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, now, China also does not keep track, you said.
1: They do not keep track, but they have a better track record of actually disposing and making an effort to uh, address their ways. I couldn't find good numbers on there because it's China. I mean, even if they gave out numbers, is it—is the CCP actually reporting accurately? Or are they just going like, yeah, we're doing good. Here's the numbers.
0: Hmm. Versus, I'm looking up import export data while we're while we're chatting here. Yeah. Versus U.S. Uh, da, da, da. India exports were 73 billion, imports were 118 billion. So that kind of blows up my little theory.
1: Yeah. They, uh, that's the thing, because they they don't have a lot of they're they're still very much a developing nation. So they don't have a lot of the first world products that we have so they are they're getting them from somewhere
0: yeah so 2021 india has a large net trade with the united states in the exports of precious metals chemical products and textiles uh the united states has a large net trade with india in the exports of mineral products precious metals and chemical products uh so uh, So we're basically
1: (laughs) we're trading resources that we have for resources that they have got to keep the machine moving bud uh now, was there any data... I mean,
0: are there... So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that there are not quote-unquote recycling programs in India. Um, there,
1: I mean, there are some recycling programs, but about... And they estimate about 30% of what is ge- the reported generated waste is recycled in some form or fashion, but they also... Um, China and India both um, are... There are the ones they're, they're very guilty of saying that they're recycling when in fact they are just selling off the waste to the quote unquote global South, which I would like to do an episode on later on when we do our, our, where Your recycling is going episode.
0: Yes. I really look forward for that, uh, forward to that. Yeah. I'm seeing, uh, NGOs, which I have to get a definition of here, um, I'm not really sure what that is, but an NGO that recycles clothes organizes slum sales and runs thrift stores. That is pretty much the extent of most of their recycling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's through fragmented in- informal networks, mm-hmm. um, so which actually downcycles plastic waste into products that can not be further recycled, causing mm-hmm. the plastic to reach the end of its useful life. Yeah. So. Oh. That improper actually, melting of it into other molds, uh, things like that, uh, seems like a so pretty bad thing.
1: I actually That actually brings me a, to bring us back to do our do domestic recycling and waste numbers. So out of the... Uh, so we generate an estimated 35 tons of um, plastic waste. Only three tons of that is recycled recycled or recyclable and Mm -hmm. out of that three tons only 16 percent can actually be further recycled the other the remaining uh what is that 84 percent actually just makes it goes into the landfill jesus
0: Uh, According to the U.S. International Development Finance Corporation, the volume of plastic waste generated in India doubled between 2016 and 2020 to approximately 3.5 million metric tons per year. Uh, And although India has a fairly high rate of recycling, most of the recycled material is processed through the fragmented networks, which downcycle I just mentioned, uh, and and turns them into things that they can't even use. But in 2025, uh, new regulations have it that they need to have their plastic products be uh, at least 30% uh, recycled materials. So now they are scrambling to meet these new guidelines put forth in from informal uh networks which we we you know it's just it's going to be a shit show
1: but ah, it really is one of the there's also a big difference between <laughs> urban and rural in india
0: yes yes very big difference uh the the caste system is very much alive and, and well in yep. india um yeah, it's it's tough to really draw enough information when when there's not universal reporting. Uh, yeah, but there's not.
1: Although in the in the universal reporting world, so there's about thirty nations that are part of the um, kind of waste tracking uh, organization. Or like, and I gotta find, refine the name of the group. But it uh, um, out of the. Thirty nations that do report their numbers, uh, we rank twenty-fifth on the in, out of all the countries. Wow. <laughs> but yep. again, yeah, and,
0: and again, this is you know, and we'll get more in depth in this in the future because, like I said, this is just sort of an introduction today into mm-hmm. what we're going to be doing all year. Uh, but um, you get into these situations where New Hampshire does not recycle, and we are a border state in Vermont with New Hampshire and a lot of our trash uh, goes to New Hampshire as well as our recycling that we dutifully rinse and sort and, and keep track of. And then it just goes into a landfill anyway. And it's, it's, it's a mess. It's a whole
1: yep. thing's a mess. It is. So. It is the, it's yeah. And did you, uh, uh, anecdotally uh, did you hear recently that the uh, Senate, pushed through the uh, the co- the bottle deposit bill. Uh, they overrode Scott's veto. Yes,
0: yes, I, didn't I did deep see that. Into,
1: into the bill, but also, I mean, just you mentioning New Hampshire just kind of always makes me chuckle because uh, even Vermont companies will make separate cans and bottles to sell in New Hampshire versus Vermont. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. Vermont... You can get a nickel for them, whereas in New Hampshire, you cannot. And- yeah, you get nothing. Um,
0: which always kind of disappoints me. I, I, you know, uh, <laughs> I made it through college uh, put, dropping cans and bottles into those machines in the little front vestibule of the grocery store, and yep. there was just banks of them. There was <laughs> huge. It was always, you know, uh, think of like the the price chopper in Rutland. Uh, they've got a pretty good one. I think it's like four to six. These yep. would be like fifteen, uh, and there were some places in Oregon where it was like in the parking garage. It could, it, they needed so much space to be able to to deal with it. It was, uh, you know, and you'd walk away with a few bucks. Uh, <laughs> but, yep. Uh. <clears throat> so, um, what else? Do you have anything else on that, or should we spend the second half of the show talking about snow and uh, the sort of reducing waste when it comes to? Uh, snow removal.
1: Yeah, let's 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 shift focus because the because you have all the rest of my stuff is just numbers on like percentages of what waste we generate, like what how much is recycled versus versus how much is actually makes it to the landfill. But we can we'll cover all that stuff. That, in, yeah, like, that, that requires
0: or... a little more. Uh, attention! I think yes, and I think um, we'll,
1: when we do the recycling episode, which is where we're going to try to do recycling next week. Next
0: week, yeah, um, we'll really fine. cover,
1: dig into the numbers of like how much, a uh, percentages of of what kind of materials are getting recycled, like compare and contrast of like how much is generated versus how much is actually recycled and where all of it's going. Right,
0: I look forward to that. It's going to be a tough one. Um, yes, because you know, actually for... I, I do
1: want to mention, so um, in our waste challenge, um, the our challenge E uh, for part of our, my Christmas present from them was actually uh, these uh, paper towels, toilet paper, uh, laundry soap and laundry detergent – or no, uh, fabric softener and laundry detergent that is all um, – Made out of recycled materials. So I'll have to get, I, I'll have to get the, uh, the the company name from from Jess at some point, and we will post that. Okay.
0: Uh, yeah, and I'm curious if, if because I've seen a few things online. When you get through that bottle of laundry detergent, cut it open. Uh, because I see a lot of these. Oh, where it's not it even a bottle. Sp- it's
1: not a bottle. It is like literally like they're like the. Oh, is it the pods? Like, yeah, they're like the pods. Yep
0: yes okay yeah i have heard about that and those are great uh for a lot of reasons because we'll get into it in our recycling episode yep. um but so it is snowing it is snowing a lot right now especially here yep. at Berkshire. uh and i'll have
1: to measure uh when i went out earlier i had probably i was probably getting close to the six inch mark
0: Okay. Yeah, hard to say. I still haven't left the house. <laughs> yeah,
1: you've got you, you. Your your numbers are always skewed because you're on a hill of, you're on a very windy hilltop.
0: Yes. So Whereas
1: I, I am sheltered on a northern facing slope, kind of in a pocket valley.
0: Yeah, and it was pretty windy last night. So anything that fell overnight, I, I couldn't say. I think I, I when we were talking about snowfall this morning. I told you, like, oh, yeah, it's up, you know, over the dog's knees in one spot, and in another spot I can see grass, because it was yeah. so windy, so... Yeah. Um, see, I
1: had almost no wind, so it's a pretty even distribution over everywhere on my yard.
0: Right.
1: So, it is what it is.
0: It's a lot of snow. I don't generally yes. measure the snow. It's just a bunch. Uh, yep. And I'm going to do the bare minimum of clearing today, because of the weather that's coming up, but I do have to clear.
1: Yes, like I'm going to take care of the the berm created by the snow plows, and shoveling the steps in the walkway. But anything more, I mean, we're we're supposed to get rain and 40 degree weather by Wednesday. So I'm just kind of like, no, it's all going to go away. Yeah, well, and the roads
0: haven't even been plowed yet for me. So oh, they've been plowed, uh,
1: yeah, they've been plowing here here, but you're you're a kind of off you're on an offshoot road towards the end of the road.
0: Yeah. And I think there's one, two, three, four, five, six roads or six roads, six homes on my road. Um, so seven, yeah. actually seven, seven homes on my road. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to be firing up the tractor to do a lot of this. I'm going to probably use the snowblower as well to get the paths cleared because it's, they're very long paths and very long yep. distances I have to go. Um, but, uh, i have been avoiding plowing all winter so far because uh, we've only been getting little bits here and there and it hasn't been little enough and, that...
1: then, like, and then i mean i had fun with the the one big storm we got i had fun with because you i took I made, <laughs> I made snowballs out of the out of the snow because it's just so wet and heavy that's like why bother make using the snowblower? i have a i have a semi-gentle slope on my driveway so it's not too hard once the (laughs) balls get rolling they really just become easy it's just then rolling them off of the driveway becomes the challenge yes (laughs) well and
0: so we're going to talk briefly here for the last bit of the show sort of on the homesteady uh what the carbon footprint of uh snow removal looks like and it's it's hard to nail down it's one of those things you know it, it's uh, it depends on the type of equipment that you're using it depends on how much snow has fallen i have saved a lot of diesel this year by not uh having to plow uh, so it's really convenient that way um so it's really hard but there is and then of course frequency which goes hand in hand with the weather um but there are things that are wasted and are detrimental that we can reduce um and i starting with de-icing materials salt Mm -hmm. um you know in our towns and rural areas like this we have the option to go get some sand uh from our our town garages Mm -hmm. uh and sand will do a great job of you know de-icing or giving a a gripped surface to walk on for a pathway uh and and avoiding salt because that's salt doesn't go away it it's it's gonna if i were to i mean talking about the structure of my my home where it's where the pathway is to my gate is right parallel to my garden mm-hmm. so even if, if i'm salting that salt is now going to affect the soil in my garden which is a few feet away so i don't i can't um and it's it's a little yeah, frustrating and
1: thinking about the the sand that get you get from the town uh some towns mix salt into that sand. Yeah.
0: yeah, so you have to be aware of that. Um, I like the alternative <coughs> one, which I'm going to dig into a little bit more. I did not know it until today. Beet juice. Now, uh, hmm. now I know I have beet juice in my tires uh, for ballast on my tractor uh, because it doesn't freeze. Uh, and so you don't have to actually like put antifreeze in water for ballast in your tractor tires. Uh, my local dealer put uh, puts beet juice in it for me. Uh, so I'm going to start looking at ways to uh, uh, apply beet juice <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to the walkways and things like that, because wow, that's pretty cool. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to do some more research on that. And the next time we're talking about snow, I think I'll, I'll bring that up. Um, but this is where it gets kind of nasty. And this is why I'm glad that we're not running our equipment as much. You know, Eric, you don't have much choice, <laughs> but um, it's fuel emissions. A two-stroke snowblower, which is what we we each have one, uh, can admit as much carbon monoxide in an hour as a car driving 70 miles with a four-stroke blower, which may equate to 339 miles.
1: That's a lot. That's 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 a lot. I I snowball paths for the the dog. I used to snowball paths for the dog. last two years, my snowblower has been out of commission, so I've been doing things by hand. Uh, but yeah, like I'd run like the snowblower for two hours doing trails and paths. And when my kids were younger, I used to do and we, like when both of my kids were younger and we used to get more snow. Mm-hmm. Um, I would do stuff like I do circles around my brush pile and just slowly build it up and build like just this mountain of snow on mm-hmm. there. And I'd also like right along my tree line, um, I would just blow all the snow right to the edge of the tree line to build this giant berm and make a nice, good, smooth path for sledding.
0: Yes, awesome. That sounds fun. But I'd uh, be maybe
1: two, three hours every storm, I would be out there snow blowing.
0: Yeah. And that's, I mean, you think about that, that output. I mean, that's a quite a footprint there,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) but you're making up for it. Your back probably hurts a little more now, but uh, you're making up for it.
1: I also, but I also use child labor more now.
0: That's true. Yes. Uh, Child labor is important uh, in regulated situations.
1: Yes. (laughs) Bribes Um, have to be
0: involved. Bribes have to be involved. Uh, So, and this doesn't even mention trucks used for plowing. Uh, town and state trucks that are used for Mm -hmm. transporting salt and sand and plowing Um, this is I mean just the process of removing snow has such an enormous enormous impact on carbon emissions
1: and we're also and we're in a we're rural and urban is a completely different story altogether because how they do it because like in in New York they will gather it all up into giant piles and then use giant Giant diesel gas heaters to then mm-hmm. melt it into the storm drains.
0: Yes, well, and around here, I'll see you'll see fleets of dump trucks carrying snow somewhere else. It's uh, yeah, and you mean, know. at least
1: at least here they're just dumping it in a pile somewhere, whereas it like in the cities they're they're actively melting it. And then think of all the nasty stuff on the roads and sidewalks and stuff yep, that are in turn heated. like heated up melted and then getting it right back into the hudson bay (laughs) yeah and i'm thinking of new york city when i'm talking about this yeah
0: in upstate new york you'd go to the grocery store and and the middle of the parking lot would be a mountain of snow it was amazing
1: (laughs) it was amazing because like as a kid like at dart so at dartmouth uh when i was younger my mom would have to like pick me up from school for some reason or we'd have to we'd be at the hospital with her after hours And after the storms, like, they just mounded up in one spot in the parking lot, and those were the so much fun to play on. (laughs) And we also
0: had more snow then. Yes. Uh, So a 2015 report by the EPA suggests that snow removal industry in the United States generates about 5 million metric tons of CO2 equivalent annually. Uh, which is a lot, and I wish I I don't have it in front of me, but to compare that to lawn care, I'm going to say it's quite close. Um, Efforts to reduce the footprint. Some cities and states are switching to electric snow removal vehicles using alternative de-icing materials and implementing efficient snow management practices. Uh, so in Iowa, the Department of Transportation uh, has lowered emissions with biodiesel-powered trucks. Uh, Randy, so that's... I
1: like the biodiesel. I, that is great. I I am much more inclined to like biodiesel than the than the conversion to electric because because it, yeah. the thing is, like, and especially out in the sticks and other areas. I mean, we still sixty. I think it's sixty-six percent of our energy still comes from coal so yeah it's great you switch to electric but the energy you're you're consuming for those electric things is still coming from a dirty source yeah vermont yeah is, of course vermont we we're upwards of what 70 80 percent is coming from renewable so yeah. like vermont you convert to electric good i uh, in somewhere like pennsylvania west virginia coal country uh you yeah. switch to electric you're really not helping the environment as much as you would want you think you were
0: yes i completely agree and biodiesel you know there's something we can talk about at some point uh because it does reduce waste and i think that mm-hmm. would be excellent to add to our list of, of things to talk about
1: yes I, uh, I agree i also um one of the things in waste is uh the a, a big new uh thing in the last few years is, uh, aerobic digesters, uh, are becoming, are, are really taking, uh, they're, they're t- building steam and starting to gain traction on their, their usefulness. And then as a place to put our compost waste. Good. Okay. Yes. Uh, uh,
0: yeah. And we're going to get really into compost at one point. Um, So yeah, that's pretty much all I have on this subject. I mean, it's, it's such a moving target. uh, Because you can't, uh, you can't measure it. it it's and you know, and this trend is going to change as climate change changes the weather. And uh, Mm -hmm. so we're going to see different trends. I'm sure that I'm not even sure that these are measurable spikes like we yep. saw uh in in the opposite with COVID, where you know we saw this massive co2 decrease like can someone measure the co2 to the minute of a snowstorm you know what i mean so yeah. i'd be very curious about that but that seemed like a little too sciencey for us yes. uh, but because uh, we are not experts um no but yeah We're armchair experts armchair experts and Oh, I do have an armchair. Yes, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're we're really excited to spend this year talking about waste with everybody. We're we're really um, we're going to get into some interesting subjects, I hope, and uh, really go for it. Um, yes, coming up next week is uh, recycling. You want to tell us a little bit more about what we're going to be talking about next week? Yes. We have-
1: yeah cuz we're going to uh, uh recycling in uh, we're going to focus very much on the United States and uh the US recycling. Uh we will kind of zoom into Vermont because we, Vermont's numbers uh tend to be better than a lot of the rest of the country. Um but I also what we're going to cover like like I was saying earlier how uh only 16% of recycled plastics actually make it into something re, that is reused and the rest of it just ends up back in the landfill and then where um where your recycling is going because unfortunately a lot of it is not staying in this country um our recycling depends on the the uh global south <laughs>
0: So clearly, Eric is already doing a lot of work on this episode, and uh, it's going to be a good one. It's going to—I yes, I, mean, think it's going to be very list- eye-opening.
1: Yes, and one of our listeners would very much um, yell at me a lot, not Jess, um, if I were not to mention the the dependence the United States and other developed nations have on the Global South for their recycling programs. And I
0: don't know much about this, but I'm going to learn uh, and yep. we'll, uh, we'll 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 get it all in there next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as usual, uh, but but a little bit more, actually. Uh, so next week, recycling, mm-hmm. please come yep. back next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, stay safe on the roads if you're in Vermont. Uh, do I do it on the
1: homestead? it's kind of. Yeah. I mean, oh, we should talk about our new tools. Um, our new tools? Well, we i think we were both ordering seeds and such for the. Yes, I think we should, we, <laughs> no, we got to do it on, All right, now on the homestead, Lucas. What's going on on your homestead besides well, snow? I, <laughs> I don't,
0: uh, We've been ordering seeds. I ordered. I put in my tree order, uh, our first tree order, uh, and uh, and actually, I'm going to be. Uh, I'm I'm trying to spend this winter being more active. Uh, physically than I have in previous winters. I have a tendency to get pretty sedentary. I got some snowshoes uh, and I'm going to start getting out there now that we have some snow. Um, but yeah, so it's you know, I am in, I am very busy with seeds and everything else of course, but uh, also working on getting farmers markets ready for spring and uh, things like that. Um, now you ordered, I, I didn't bring my packet in here, but we ordered uh, the same hot pepper Uh, Yes, we did. We both ordered some Jedi the Jedi jalapenos, which makes me wonder: should it be Jedi jalapeno? Um. Yes, um,
1: But also, I want to talk about this. 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 What makes this Jalapeno special is it's a it's a massive plant. Like it gets big and it yeah. produces a ton of peppers and they're nice peppers they're about three to four inches long they are not prone to cracking um they're just they're very resilient and they, they're just a very prolific plant like i'm actually going to be um uh, i still haven't gotten my planter up and running but i think this is the uh the tomatoes i got and then these jalapenos i got are going to be what i kind of one of the things I start in there, because I have, I can fit like a ton of plants in there. So I'm going to have like tomatoes, peppers, weeds, and, or weed, not weeds, weed in there <laughs> all growing to see kind of how things go in there. Yeah. But I think, I'm, I think that's my plan of uh, the next, next weekend. Uh, cause I think, ne- is it next weekend that I have a long weekend? Yes, it is. The so next weekend I have another long weekend cause I have Martin Luther King day off.
0: Okay. So I'm, yeah, gonna I'm gonna get pl- some
1: indoor stuff going.
0: Yeah, we're we're pulling the grow tent out of the attic this week. Um, nice. Yeah, so it's I mean on the homestead, it's really just like the fun of planning uh, for spring right now. I, I think yep. you and I spent like three hours basically looking at seed catalogs and texting each other the other
1: day. <laughs> yes, and, and our our conversation of the ethical dilemma of seeds. Oh uh, yes, yeah, sourcing your materials.
0: Um, you might remember uh, Rebecca from uh, from uh, Fiddler's Green. She yep. was on the show uh, over the summer. And I had a good conversation with her on uh, uh, TikTok about... Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, no, I can't even remember. Baker's Creek. Yep, Baker's they have Creek. They've had some pretty... They, they, they've had some like racist speakers at events and, and or, or scheduled them and then there was pushback and they
1: canceled them um, but yeah, but they, they also, also p- supported some groups and and people that are not necessarily that we agree with and it just it, it begs the question is is it ethical to buy seeds from a company that has a less than stellar track record when it comes to supporting people and organizations that are, how do we say, more conservatively? Well, yeah, and it's part of that
0: sort of Hershey conversation, right? So, you know, a portion of their... Uh, Product line comes from slave labor, essentially. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, not essentially. It comes from slave labor yeah.
1: and and you child labor, labor and... child slave labor. In in again, like we. This ter- I, I'm going to try to use this term more this year, but this the from the global south because the the these plantations and stuff are in these underdeveloped nations and are what were, are considered the global quote unquote global south of the world. Well, and.
0: You know there's something to be said for buying from companies like johnny's which is in maine mm-hmm. um and uh was is high mowing here in vermont i can never remember
1: I, can, no, they're, I in the,
0: can't remember. they're in the midwest yeah. um but ordering from companies that are more local in and of itself is is a better thing right mm-hmm. like not only are you getting seeds that are you know, better for your area, but you're yep. also supporting the local economy, economy reducing your carbon footprint through the shipping yep. of the seeds. Uh, you uh, know, they just...
1: less less likely to be GMO seeds.
0: Correct. Yeah, uh,
1: they're more likely to be seeds that you can, uh, you can harvest and then get the seed get get or harvest the fruit get the seeds from the fruit and be able to reuse those seeds whereas uh,
0: and that's where we kind of got mucked into the the moral dilemma with
1: Baker's Creek because mm-hmm.
0: it is all heirloom and the, their heirloom varieties are so strong that you can buy from them and then never buy from them again if yep. you're well practiced at seed saving so it's just like uh, we didn't really come to a decision um, but I ordered a bunch of stuff from Johnny's <laughs> With yeah, nag. I ordered
1: stuff from Johnny's. I mean, because some of the variety that bakers have, you can't find anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, it's challenging. It's. Uh, yeah, because they, I mean, they, sticky, scour, area. I mean they, literally, they scour the globe for their seeds. Yep. So it's a sticky area. Um, it is very sticky.
0: And uh, we aren't here to make decisions for people, but consider these things when you're making purchases. Mm mm-hmm. um, this is uh, it's difficult uh, and it's important to, to face the difficult and not just ignore it. Yeah. Um, on the homestead here though, always uh, oh, there's Brooms broken shovel com. And we've expanded our reach on the internet. So if you're a Facebook person, look for Broken Shovel 802. If you're an Instagram person, look for Broken Shovel 802. If you're a TikTok person, look for Broken Shovel 802. You getting a theme here,
1: Eric? Yes. Yes. So I do want to comment on your your working on the quote unquote logo and how your idea of one of the tools Lucas got for Christmas was a sickle.
0: <laughs> yep. Here it is. If you're on YouTube, this is from my wonderful sister-in-law. Uh, uh, this beautiful HEDA tool sickle for yeah. harvesting.
1: And um, Lucas and I both leaned very um, uh, socialist and, and such. So Lucas suggested he was going to take a picture of his sickle with a hammer. But I was like, no, we have to stay on brand. You have to do a sickle with a broken shovel. Yes yes a
0: ham- yes, I might I might and start uh, putting it out there. Um, I was messing with this earlier because so I have this hewing hatchet and again YouTube people you go I'll, I'll take a picture of these but um, my hewing hatchet is also a hammer. so I was doing this I had this going for a little while there. Yeah, so come and get me. Um, that's it what's going on at home for you besides seeds
1: besides seeds not a lot planning 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 uh like i've got my i I, i'm renting a bobcat this spring Mm -hmm. because one of the things i'm going to do for my garden is uh my plan for the garden is because last year with all the rain we got it became very apparent that my My low-lying garden, because of the fact that I pulled out the... I went to war with a mint a number of years ago, which literally I pulled out uh, about six inches of uh, root material that was in the top layer of soil in my garden. (laughs) That's how bad... if, If you do not do something about mint, that is how bad it can get. It was literally like just six inches of just root ball... Of, I, was, I, just, I was just pulling out just massive clumps of it, but overall it reduced the level of my whole garden. So next, this spring, I'm going to build it up. I'm going to take uh, sand from the sandbox that my kids used to have. Mm-hmm. And I have the, the steadily, what I call the, it's or it's called a a, a living bed in the chicken coop where mm-hmm. um I don't actually clean out the poop and stuff out of the chicken coop um, you just keep building up a layer of straw and poop and it's actually um it's actually healthy for the chickens um, but then I'm gonna take all of that yummy material drag that out with the with the bobcat and uh, go dump all that in the garden oh plants are gonna love that oh they're gonna yes between the sand and and that chicken, that chicken straw mix—it's gonna be,
0: yeah, yeah, Chef's kiss.
1: Woo. No.
0: <laughs> well, uh, I am super excited for spring. I think this is the first day this winter where I was just sort of like, oh god, it's time. I need to get outside. I need, I need to get outside. Uh, yeah, I need to see leaves. <laughs> but speaking of getting outside, lots of work to be done. I'm gonna have to get to work. Yep. all right everybody next week recycling check us out uh wherever you get podcasts uh check us out on the internet and all the places i mentioned a little bit earlier and check out broken shovel 802.com if you like brooms how do you like your broom eric before we go i like
1: my broom a lot i thought i actually haven't cleaned out my fireplace to use it (laughs) you have to use it (laughs) yes i do have to use it but it's just one of those like the ash pile's not that big yet all
0: right all right just make sure you use it Uh,
1: but but what's the thing with my fireplace is just like i i I have a very large fireplace so i could just continuously push the ash (laughs) to the side have enough room for my fire and i could do this for months
0: yes i know you can but i have a sharp you have, a, yeah,
1: boo, you have a word you have an actual wood stove that you mm-hmm. need to clean out on a regular basis because very
0: yes yeah and it makes a mess cleaning out the ash pan so out comes the brooms and yeah uh but yeah that's it folks have a great day
1: later